everyone, and a very warm welcome to another episode of Let's Chat Careers. I'm Scott Keyes. And I'm Charlotte Lever. We both work in recruitment at PwC, and we're here to chat to you about all things careers. This is a very exciting episode for us, as we're recording in person from the PwC London studio for the very first time since the start of the pandemic began. So yes, it's very exciting. So in today's episode, we'll be discussing a really important subject, transitioning from a career in the armed forces to professional services. According to the Ministry of Defence, over 14,000 skilled and experienced individuals leave the armed forces every year. So to help share some advice on navigating into a new career, we're joined by our, by our colleague and former Royal Air Force pilot, Joe Salter. Joe became Britain's first female fighter pilot in 1992 and was named one of the Harpers and Queen 50 most inspiring women in the world. Since leaving the Air Force, Joe has added many strings to her bow, such as a lecturer, inspirational speaker, high performance coach, published author, mother, and now leads our Centre for Transformation Leadership. Joe, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today, and this is an episode that I've very much been looking forward to. Thank you, Scott. It's great to be here as well. So, Joe, I'm not sure if you've uh, listened to any of our podcasts before, but we start um, each podcast thinking about um, our human moment that recently happened because we appreciate that during everyone's working week or daily week that actually things do happen to us as humans. So is there anything that kind of springs to mind for you that's recently happened to you that's your human moment? What a lovely way to start a podcast. Yes, I have a sister. And my sister decided to book a skiing holiday for her husband and daughter months and months ago. And then, of course, COVID hit. They've not been able to leave the house with COVID. And then my brother-in-law did his back in. And by last week, they were due to fly on Sunday, just the two of them. And by last week, nobody could leave the house. No ski equipment. I've been skiing for years and years and we have so much kit. It's ridiculous. And so I rang my sister up on Thursday evening and I said, would it help if I just drove to your house on Saturday morning and brought all of the kit and I will make sure that your daughter has ski gear? And my other half was going to give it for my brother-in-law. And she burst into tears. And I thought, I've only offered to bring you some ski kit. Oh, I'm that's sure. good. <laughs> I think um, not only was it a human moment, but a very kind human moment as well. So really supportive of you there as well. Joe, as mentioned, you've really had an incredible career journey so far from flying fast jets and even being lucky enough to fly in Red 2. I've done a little bit of homework. <laughs> um, so can you share some, some of the most defining moments in your career that have helped shape you into the person you are today? Wow, what a really interesting question. I think it can be difficult because, of course, I've been working for more than 30 years to think, is there one thing that shaped me more than another? But it's the people that help you along the way. It's the people that give you opportunity and provide a springboard to enable you to take that opportunity because the world is absolutely full of so many different things we can do and some of them we have no idea about and we need other people to either introduce us or to give us a helping hand and when I think back right to that very first day that I 
I joined the Air Force. The only reason that I joined the Air Force is was because I wanted to leave home and I wanted somebody to give me some money for my first degree. <laughs> because the decisions we make for the careers can sometimes be completely different from what we might expect when we look at someone. I always say that I've stumbled from one opportunity to another rather than gone out of my way to have this really, really rigid plan. And that means that sometimes it's taken me longer a more circuitous route. Sometimes I would say that it has given me brilliant opportunities and things that I just would never have, never have believed that I could do. And today, my career ambition is to continue to knock on the door of opportunity and, and fling open everyone and step through the ones that are going to give me some other reward. Amazing. So it sounds as though you're, you didn't really have your career planned out ahead. Um, which a lot of people do, they have a structure and a strategy to their life, how they hope it's going to work. Life's not always like that, as we know, full of surprises. Um, so was, your, was you intending to be a fighter pilot yourself when you joined the Royal Air Force? Well, women weren't allowed to be fighter pilots when I grew up, which sounds slightly preposterous when we say that today here in the world, but it was a male job. And so it wasn't something that I had ever thought of doing or imagined I could. And we also didn't go on holiday the same way. There were very few flights, and when you did, they were quite expensive. So I'd only flown, I think, once or twice by the time I was in my mid-teens, and that had been to go on a wonderful ski holiday with the school. Mm. So I think that the world was extremely different at that stage. And if we really know what we want to do at a young age, I think that's really rare because I honestly wanted to be a hairdresser when I was in my tw in my teens and I actually hung out at a local salon. I wanted to study needlework and home economics and I had this mother who wanted me to do all the sciences because it would buy me opportunity and I thought oh, what does she know and you know we discover that <laughs> our parents do know quite a lot and they they're quite experienced. And so I just knew what I was good at though and I did these sciences at school and I I found them really interesting and I I studied electronic systems which was a very odd thing to do mm. back in the 80s as a girl and we had this bus arrive at the school and it was called the wise bus for women in science and engineering and because I loved maths I thought I might become an accountant perhaps as well and then there was and it's amazing really the difference that one person can make because there was this amazing lady and she said to me as I walked up the steps I hadn't even got on the bus and I was at a South London comprehensive with a very broad South London accent at that time and she said to me what do you want to do neither of my brothers had been to university and I said I'm going to go to university and I'm going to become an accountant which I had no idea really what it did and she said to me well if you study engineering you can be whatever you want in the world and I wanted to be whatever I wanted in the world I wanted that taste and flavor of that excitement and I then applied for as I mentioned I, I applied for cadetships and sponsorships to for my degree and that's how I ended up at the air, in the Air Force and I ended up in the Air Force to become an engineering officer and they didn't announce that women could fly until I was graduating from my degree. Wow, what a story, what a story. So just going back, so is that pivotal moment when you stepped onto the wise bus, 
um, that that individual said to you, if you do engineering, that can broaden your opportunities as opposed to you want to be an accountant where you're streamlined into a particular niche. And I do think that's quite funny now, working for an accountancy firm. <laughs> I didn't want to say, but yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> but going back as well, as a young girl, I've got a young daughter, and she wants to work for PwC, which is great. Um, throughout the summer last year, we spent a bit of money on the ice cream van. Now she wants to be an ice, ice cream lady in the evening and work at PwC in, during the week, which is, you know, the world's your oyster, darling. Go and do what you want, but <laughs> interesting. It is, and my I have two daughters who are now... 19 and 23 and I'm in that whole what do you do with your life what do you do with your career how do you find your jobs do you go to university or not I'm two very different young ladies and um, the 23 year old started at PwC two weeks ago oh, wow. it's in her second week she went to America did a degree has worked for other organizations before joining us my 19-year-old doesn't want to go to university, is trying to find her way directly into a, a company, would love to, as she tells me, go and work for one of the other consulting firms. And I'm not sure that's because her sister and her mother are both at PwC. Yeah, and that's interesting because I myself, I didn't go to university either. It's a case of, you know, getting my, I thought, getting my head down, working hard, and you can kind of be what you want to be. You can develop and create your own life and how that, how that pans out. I didn't have, I didn't want to do recruitment. I didn't really know anything about it, but I was fairly good at it. I worked hard and, you know, I ended up at PwC and it's been going ever well since. Um, I just wanted to go back to another point you, you mentioned around where females weren't really allowed or to, to be fighter pilots. Now at this day and age, you, you know, you go to a toy store, you'll see a fighter pilot, male or female. Um, I remember growing up as a as a boy that if you think of a fighter pilot, you automatically, stereotypically think male. And we'd go to the air shows as kids, and typically you'd see men, obviously dressed in uniforms, and that'd be the pilots. I think the, the this day and age, it is slowly changing that the younger generation growing up, they do understand that any role is for a male or female. It's completely open. Um, and having that drive and understanding that you can be what you want to be. It's not a male-dominated role. It's not a female-dominated role. You can be whatever you want to be. It's interesting that, obviously, you yourself, very, very fortunate that you're the first fighter, f female fighter pilot, which is a really, really amazing story. And it, it was fortunate, and I think that there's a lot to be said about being in the right place at the right time for lots of different things that we do. It was also really challenging and hard being different and when we think about diversity and we think about what we want from the world that we live in and the organizations that we work in, we want to be able to have different types of people from different backgrounds with different voices because that builds so much more of a high-performing team and provides so much more of a workplace that people can flourish in because being able to observe and watch somebody who is like you, a role model, is such an important element. And so when I started doing that, and of course, when they first made the announcement, they didn't even let us go in, into the front line. It was onto fighter jets. It was about flying helicopters and multi-engines back at home. It took longer before that was allowed. But as I say, once you've got your foot in the door, difficult to close it absolutely and you, you, you obviously took full advantage of that amazing
Joe, it's it's really interesting on the podcast. We've heard a lot about influences on people's lives and the decisions they've made. And it seems like there are moments that definitely come back to career choices or life choices for most people on the podcast. Obviously, for you, it's the bus and that conversation. Um, but fast forward years later, you did actually end up at a professional services firm. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the transition and how going from the armed forces to professional services sort of what was how did how did that decision come about and, and sort of how have you found that transition? I think for me, it's more of a sandwich, the transition, because I had my life as one end of the sandwich in the Royal Air Force and I've got my life here as PwC. And then I had a number of years in between because I left the Air Force full time after I had my first daughter, who, as I said, is now 23. And I worked in industry. I started my own consulting company and I wrote the my books, I did high performance coaching, I still do inspirational speeches. So I had a, a portfolio career. And there are two different transitions that I really want to talk to about is the transition at that age and the transition into this large organization that we work in today. Because the transition out of the Air Force was really, really hard. And I had no idea that it was going to be as difficult because I'd had my all my formative years, 12 years, I call it RAF 18 to 30, that I had spent, I suppose, immersed. Because you live when you're in the military, on a military camp, you work with other people in the forces. And so your life is that you don't know anything else, honestly. So to come out, as well as having a young child, which is a bit of a shock when you, when you have a your first child. You should, should always have your second child first, I say, because they're so much easier. <laughs> and that self-doubt, that concern about whether I would fit, the number of applications that I put out, knowing that I could do all of these jobs and, and getting rejected because I didn't have any commercial experience was a very difficult time. And my first job came to me by a friend of mine who recommended me into the organization. And I didn't look back after that, but actually that network and that support and help was really important to help me be successful then. So accelerate forward to mm -hmm. before I joined PwC, I really want to do a PhD at some point. And I, I want to, that level of research and study fascinates me, but I really recognize that I needed to be working with larger clients with more data to be able to base that research on. And so I thought to myself, it would be a brilliant idea to work for one of the big four, let me go and have a look. And I was looking at one of the others, which I won't mention. <laughs> and the week later, out of the blue, somebody called me on the phone who I'd met scuba diving sort of eight or nine years before. We literally hadn't spoken since that scuba diving holiday. But they had mentioned me to one of the partners who wanted to meet me at PwC. And so I, I believed that I wanted to go to one of the big four. And the next week, somebody from PwC called me and said, would you come and meet one of our partners? Wow. So that felt, and I, I don't know whether, mm -hmm. but that felt like they were the, the right next steps yeah. and I should go and meet them. And, and the rest is history. But it was another difficult transition because there is a certain way 
of working. There's a certain style, there's a certain culture. And I, I used to laugh and say that whenever I would go into a meeting and people introduce themselves, they would always introduce themselves by the number of years they'd worked here. And so, and they're great. And so I very quickly stopped doing that. And I, I took that out because it doesn't matter how long you've worked here. You need to immerse yourself in the culture. You need to find yourself a brilliant job that fills you with enjoyment and challenge and great opportunities. And I only came for three years. I said, I'll do three years and then I'll do my PhD. And we're into year six because I keep being given these amazing, amazing jobs to do. And at the point that I might want something else, it's really easy to go and say, what else is there? Because we're a big company with a lot of opportunity. What would your PhD be in? That's the question I think me and Scott both want to know. So originally, my idea of PhD was about how could you measure human performance in terms of the impact it made on the bottom line of an organization. However, as I had an amazing project of uh, digitizing the network where I was able to co-create and be the program director on our digital upskilling across the network, made me start to think about digital confidence and the digital confidence that we see in our young people who are just operating and working a different way versus that generational part and that depending on whether you love technology or not. And I think there's a really interesting PhD on digital confidence. I think that's very true. Thank you for being so honest about the transition as well, Joe. I think that'll really resonate with some of the listeners, like that it isn't always easy. I mean, these are big moves you've done. I, I totally appreciate that, that, you know, they're difficult, but they're kind of no regrets that actually, you, you know, thriving on that change definitely exists for you. But the actual making the step is quite a difficult one. So, yeah, thanks for telling us so candidly about that. And then just one question I wanted to ask. When you left the military, was there any guidance around what your life could be outside of that? Or was you, once you left, off you go into the big white world, you don't really know anything different. How, how did that work out for you? The military are really good at having resettlement courses. So you're actually given a budget to be able to go and reskill as a plumber, if you wanted to become a plumber, all sorts of different things. My challenge was I had just had a baby. And so going off to reskill or learn, any, learn anything else was very challenging for me at that time. I also went back to the reserves after six years. So when I was 36 and started flying air cadets around the skies. So as a volunteer, I've spent over a decade doing that. And then I'm now a, an, an honorary group captain on 601 Squadron, which is an RAF auxiliary air squadron providing advice and advocacy and access to the chief of the air staff and air, Star, air force board. So when I look back at all my 30 plus years, I've only spent six of them without some form of military connection. And, and that giving back to me is really important. And I think that when we're thinking about the career, if we ever can find a job that we love doing, time passes really quickly. If it can be part of something that interests us. And if not, if there's something, well, actually, this is what I need to do because it pays the money. What else can you do to fulfill that need? So something that's really important to me is, is service and giving back. So I've been doing voluntary work since I was a teenager and consistently through my life have done some form of voluntary work and mentoring and coaching and really 
providing that platform and that helping hand that I mentioned yeah. earlier to other people. So how can we support and enable others to be the best version of themselves as well? So Joe, on the surface, those two careers um, are very, very different. What transferable skills were you able to bring into the world of professional services and how have these skills been helpful in your transition into consulting? Transferable skills when we think about something like PwC and the Royal Air Force can be easy to think that, that they're very separate, but actually when our purpose, purpose is about building trust and solving important problems, then that's really true of the Air Force as well. Mm -hmm. So that level of integrity, of taking responsibility and having accountability for delivering what you've said you're going to is really important. The, the attitude, the idea that it's about getting the job done and about putting that extra, extra mile in where it's needed and working as a team, they're the comparables I, I just could list and list and list them. And leadership, we need really good, strong leaders. And again, from the military, we select for leadership, we train leadership and we nurture it as well. And interestingly, we are just starting a new initiative, which is about how do we support people who have been in the military or in the military family, as in spouses, to bring them into PwC and support them with the transition that I said was so difficult. And we're just piloting our first, first groups. We've got the job specs ready to go. So we're going to be supporting and enabling military people because we want the attitude, we want those transferable skills, and we can train for any technical elements and we can teach people about what it is to work in PwC. If you've got the right people, then it's a success. Lovely, thanks very much for that, Joe. So as you may know, we'd like to have a little bit of fun uh, for our last question uh, with each guest that does come into the podcast. So thinking back to 10 years ago, what advice would you give to yourself? 10 years ago, that's, um, I have to, John, I have to figure out where I was then. So 10 years ago was a, a big change in my life. I had previously been divorced and I had just met somebody who is we're getting married this year so they're still still with me congratulations thank you and i didn't work for pwc i was running my own company i think i would say two things and it would be the same thing that i would say to my 20 years old self and my 30 year old self which is just believe in yourself mm -hmm. be brave step out don't worry what other people are thinking or saying because normally people are just thinking about and thinking about and themselves and what other people are thinking and saying about them. There's, there's a sort of circle with it. And actually to be brave, you have to be vulnerable. And so that means sometimes we say things that afterwards we think, oh, I wish I hadn't said, or we do things and think, oh my goodness, I bet people are thinking, who is that idiot? But actually just, it doesn't matter. Be that person who just spreads kindness, spreads help, spreads support, and as ever, takes the most of absolutely every opportunity that life gives it. Yes. It's us. Very inspiring. You gave me a new bit of energy. I'll go out and do something <laughs> better for myself now and share. Thank you very much for sharing that with us.
Thanks so much, Joe. That has been so fascinating to hear about your career so far and all the different career highlights that you've had. So we hope everyone's enjoyed the episode as much as Scott and I have, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode where we'll chat to the technology impact leader at PwC, Rob McCargo. If you're interested in a career at PwC, don't forget to head over to our website, pwc.co.uk forward slash careers. Thanks so much for listening live from our London studio. Take care, everyone.